Again, so glad that you guys joined us today. Um, I'm going to get my act together here because I haven't done this in a while. Um, like I said, we've had a bit of a coronavirus wave. Um, so we're doing a, a detox. We're doing a cleanse. Now, they told me I didn't have to wear my mask uh, when I talked. First of all, because I've got this microphone, that would mess that up. But secondly, there's nobody within about 50 feet of me here except my beautiful wife. Wasn't she cute, by the way? Isn't she awesome? She cute. I'll, I'll take her. So anyway, uh, we're going to share a message here in a minute. Before we do, I want to get my, my act together. I'm used to props. I'm used to pictures. And I didn't do any pictures today. Uh, so here's my props. Uh, if you want to stay healthy and keep your immune system strong, <laughs> drink lots of, and lots of water. It'll be good for you. So I've got that. But, uh, but the other prop I've got here... It's what I've been doing. Uh, this is not just for this morning. I do this. You can ask Pat Cook and Krista. I keep my orange juice with me all the time right now. And I try to eat at least one orange a day because I, I like the vitamin, the natural vitamin C that comes there. But when, I, when, the, when the game's on, and right now the game's on, I keep this with me and I suck it all the time. So I'm just going to, this is Florida's premium orange juice. So I'm going to put it in my beautiful cardinal cup here. And I'm going to suck a little bit of that while we're talking today, if that's okay. <clears throat> so no coffee. Coffee's fine. But this morning, I want to rely on water and orange juice for, to keep my immune system strong and healthy. Now, before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, and the other thing I've noticed recently is, let's, can we acknowledge the elephants in the room? Uh, and I'm not talking about any person. I'm not talking about any person here. But the elephants in the room. I've, I have spoken before... And then I go home and I watch myself, and I think, now that guy's kind of weird. When I watch myself on tape, you know, he's, that guy kind of has some funny mannerisms. He kind of moves his head funny and does weird things. And so we're going to acknowledge that. And please don't let that get in your way today. And I also acknowledge that I didn't get a chance to cut my hair, so I got this long hair thing going on. We just acknowledge those, those awkward things, okay, so that you can all laugh with each other and get that out of the way so that's not an issue. Um, so, and the other thing I want, to, I want to mention before I get into the message is uh, we're in a surge giving series, and the month of November we wanted to raise $12,000 to plant four churches through the surge mission program. Last I heard, we had raised $8,200, which is about 3.7 or 2.75 churches. We've almost planted three churches, and what we want to do is continue to keep that in mind and give the remaining $2,800 by the end of November, which I believe is Tuesday. So keep that in mind. Pray about it. If you've given, uh, maybe give some more, uh, however the Lord leads you, because this is definitely a, a worthwhile uh, endeavor that we do when we partner with Surge. And I've had the privilege of going on some of these mission trips. They're amazing. God is moving there. And so let's just keep that in mind. What I want to talk about today as we move into the message is the way forward. I want to talk about the way forward. And my outline is going to be brief. So if you want to take notes at home, you can get a pen out. This is going to be a super brief outline. And uh, so what I want to talk about is in, in 1 Chronicles 12.32, it says, The sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Here's these guys, these sons of Issachar, and they came to King David, and they became part of his mighty men, if you know the story. 
And it says they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. What I like about that is it wasn't that they came in and they had a fresh word, which is really good. In general, they had a spirit of understanding and discernment. And so they partnered on David's team to know what Israel ought to do because David was being uh, continuously attacked by King Saul and other enemies were trying to kill him. So there was already a division in the people of God and in the nation of God and the nation of Israel. And these guys showed up and they knew what to do. They knew the way forward and David partnered with them. So I want to I want to jump I want to kind of go back and do a little rehearse before we get into our, our main scripture. Here's the rehearse. At, back in March, a coronavirus invaded the world. Did you guys know that? And so we, we went to the Lord and we basically said uh, what Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat said. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Jehoshaphat said this. He was getting ready to get creamed by, by Ammon, Moab, and, and King Seir. And they were about ready to cream him. And Je- Jehoshaphat called the people of God together and said, We don't know what to do, Lord. So our eyes are on you. Because we don't know what to do. And they had already had a lot of history of religious things and God moving, but here's a fresh situation. And other than, the, the only thing they knew was that God was the answer and He knew the way forward. So they said, We don't know what to do. Now, the, now here, here's a, some background there with, with that story is the people of God had already separated, they'd had their civil war. They were totally not in agreement amongst themselves, so much so that they became a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. Jehoshaphat's over here in the southern kingdom, and they're about to get creamed. So they turned to the Lord. So this is what we did back in March. We all turned to the Lord and said, Lord, at first we didn't think it was any big deal, and then we realized it was. And we realized that all these things started happening. So we turned to the Lord, and we said, Lord, we don't know what to do. This is how we got here, and this is what the Lord put in our hearts. Y'all, y'all being the whole world, y'all are going to Babylon. Now, this parallels a story in Scripture. When the southern kingdom, eventually the Lord sacked them through Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And, and here, here's this evil pagan king with his army, and they came in and they sacked them and they took them away to Babylon as slaves. And the people of Israel did not want to go to Babylon. It was not their choice, and it didn't matter. They were going anyway. So we we asked the Lord, and the Lord said, "Here's here's what's happening. The whole world is going to Babylon into a time, and they're going to go somewhere they don't want to go. Now let's, let's bring that down all the way down to the people of God. To me as a person, John Clark, my family, my church family, Abundant Life Church, and all the way up, everybody's going to Babylon and nobody wants to. And you're going to go, you're, I'm going, there's going to be things happen that you're not going to like, but, it, but that's what's happening. And he said, here's the thing. Nobody knows what to do. You can try all your religious tricks and they're not going to work. You have to look to me. So the Lord gave me a word. It's the cardinal. I was out March, April, May watching, and I would, see the, I would listen and I would hear these cardinals chirping very clearly, and I would see them, those red cardinals. And I would watch them, and the Lord said, that's, prophetically, that's me, now watch them. And I would watch these cardinals, and they would go. There was, there was no rhyme or reason at all to what they were doing. And he said, I'm like the cardinal in this season. And if you'll put your eyes on me and watch me and hang on to me, 
I'll get you through this. Now, there's going to be a lot of pivoting going on. So let's just stop and honor that. Cardinal. There's going to be a lot of pivoting going on. So this is how we got here. And we're all like, okay, Lord, we can do that. Hopefully this will be over soon. Well, we get in three months, four months, five months, six months. It ain't over. But we had a reprieve because summer came and some of the restrictions were lifted. So we were able to kind of do some of the things we wanted to do. But we're coming into August and September and it ain't gone. And then then the Lord began to say, just like the people of Israel, my people that went to Babylon as slaves, he said, you're not coming out for a while. This is not going to be over anytime soon. And we're six months in. And he said, here's the deal. Jeremiah 29. Give and take in marriage. Build houses, plant vineyards, live your life, and prosper as slaves in Babylon. And if you'll do that, if you won't fight and kick, and you just chill out and go ahead and live your life, you can actually prosper in Babylon and you can pray for the peace of all this. All this stuff that you don't like and you didn't want. If you'll pray for the peace of it and just let me be God, let me be the cardinal that leads you through this, I'll get you through this. So that helped us. So this is where we are today. Now we're, now we're eight to nine months in and here's the deal. It's late November and we're right in the middle of cold and flu season. And the next three to four months are going to be really something. But we need to know the way forward. We need to know that's why we're doing what we're doing today. Because we're in cold and flu season. And, and, and it's peaking right now. The, the cases are going up. And we're like, Lord, we, don't, we still don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And he said, okay, just keep watching the cardinal. Keep building houses going to school, going to work, planting vineyards, and hang on to me, and I'll get you through this. Sorry, Lord, we, know, we need to know the way forward. We're in a crucial time right now. So this is, this is the background of our message. There will be a beyond Babylon. That time will come. None of us really know when that is. I have, I have my inklings in my spirit when I think that will be, but it really doesn't matter. Because there will be a beyond Babylon. And the Lord said, I want to help you get through this so you don't destroy yourself and everybody else in the process. So what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to make four points. And I'm, here's, here's the exegesis that I'm going to talk about. Micah, the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. That's my exegesis. And every point that I'm going to make is going to be point A of that verse, point B of that verse, point C of that verse, and point D of that verse. And here's what it says. So, so who's Micah? Micah's this dude. He's this guy. And he's, he's uh, about 100 years after Jehoshaphat. So there's still a divided kingdom of the people of God. And there's all these enemies out there. And he's, he's prophesying along with Isaiah to the southern kingdom, which Judah, which he was a part of. Hosea was his contemporary to the northern. And these three prophets are prophesying. And, and the people of God are whining. And they're saying, Lord, we don't know what to do. You, you're confusing. You're confusing us. We don't understand you. Uh, the problem is the people of God were not walking with him. And they didn't want a relationship with him. They wanted to do their own thing. And they were doing their own thing. And they kept looking around at all the nations around them and saying, we want to be like them. 
We want to be like the Assyrians. We want to be like the Babylonians. We, we want to be like Egypt. We, Lord, we don't want to follow you. We don't want to watch the cardinal. We want to do our own thing. Every man was doing what was right in his own eyes, Judges says. And this is where they were. And so Mike, the Lord raises up this dude named Micah. He was kind of a, he was kind of a weird uh, prophet like most of them were. And he was kind of weird. And sometimes he'd go barefoot. And sometimes he would even strip down just to make a point. This is what the Lord's saying. And I don't know how that works. And I don't intend to do that today. Uh, and hopefully nobody else will either. But this is what he said in Micah 6, 8. This, this is the Lord's answer through Micah to the people that are whining and complaining and saying, we're confused. We don't know. He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, that's the message. Now, let me go back. I want to I take that apart piece by piece because that's what preachers do. Preachers love to dissect simple things and make them complicated. So that's what I want to do for a few minutes here. Point number one, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good. I, I'm going I'm to read simultaneously the message version because I love the way the message version says this. He's already made it plain how to live, you people. So, so here, here they are, and he's saying, The Lord, Father God, Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Yahweh, was there everything? And he says, I've already shown you what is good. I have shown you goodness. I have shown you my goodness <laughs> and you're still here. If I hadn't shown you my goodness, you wouldn't be here. You would already be wiped out. But I've shown you my goodness. I've shown you my beauty. I've shown you my fairness. I've shown you what's best. I've shown you what's desirable. I've already shown it to you. I love that. And then he says, I have already shown you my goodness. I've shown you what's good. You already know. Your, your confusion you're putting on yourself because you don't, you don't want to walk with me. I've shown you what is good, and I've shown you what I require of you, what the Lord requires of you. Now, the interesting thing here, the, the Lord here is the word Jehovah or Jehovah or Yahweh, which was the more intimate um, way that the Lord was revealing himself. You know, the Lord revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as, as Lord only, Elohim. But when Moses came along, he started revealing himself as Yahweh. A deeper, a deeper relationship because that was always what God wanted. And he's saying, Yahweh, Jehovah, this is, what, this is what I, who've already shown you all this goodness, this is what I require of you. Because they're just like, show us the rules. Okay, now here's what's interesting. This is before all of these scholars and the rabbis came along and dissected the law and made 613 rules and precepts <laughs> of what they felt the law said. At least 613 by the time of Jesus. Now, but that's before all this. We're all the way back here at the beginning. And he says, this is really simple. I'm going to give you three things here, what to do, what I require of you. This is the way forward. We, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. Show us the way forward. He says, okay, I will. This is what I require. If you want to know how to get through this, grab a hold of the cardinal. Drink your orange juice. Mm -mm. Great thing about orange juice is it tastes good. It's good for you. 
and it tastes good. And I feel like I'm in a commercial right now. I'm getting absolutely no money from anybody for saying that. Here's what I require of you. Number one, people that I love, do justly. Now, I'm, I'm quoting the New King James, and then I looked at all the other favorite versions that I have, and it says, just do, just do justice. Do justice, which is an other person-focused thing that you do. If you're going to do justice, it's going to be towards other people. Do justice. Okay, here's what, how the message and others say it. Be just, do what is right. <laughs> do what is right to see that justice is done and do what is fair and justice to your neighbor. Oh my goodness, we just opened a can of worms. He said, I want you to do justice, what is right and what is fair. Now here's the deal. I keep saying that. I should, I should, that's probably something I should stop doing. But here's the deal. <laughs> if I ask 100 people in Springfield right now, what is the, what is the right thing to do? I'm probably going to get 100 different answers. Let me, let me make it even more poignant. That's a fun word to say. Poignant. If I ask 50 people in Abundant Life Church what's the right thing to do, I might get 50 answers right now. Because let's, let's peel this back. We're in this coronavirus. We're in Babylon. Nobody wants to be here. And, and it wasn't just a health pandemic that's killing people. It turned into these tentacles of people losing their jobs and financial problems, which then turned in, uh, just happened to be a political season with a presidential election. So then we had the right and the left fighting with one another. And then everybody's fighting over masks. And should we do this? And should we do that? And it just went into this crazy octopus weird thing. Nobody saw it coming that I know of. I'm sure there are some prophets somewhere that said, yeah, I knew this was coming. But I don't know who those people are. So this, he says, do justice. Well, one of the biggest things, I, I do not think it was a coincidence that the race problem blew up two or three months after this hit. Now, I, I know the devil's behind all horrible things. So we'll, get, we'll acknowledge that and then let's push him out of the way. Because I really don't care what the devil's doing. I have power over the devil. I want to know what God's doing. So here we are. We're in Babylon. Nobody wants to be there. And then this, and then this race thing goes... And it was already there. It was already going... But then it went... And you talk about justice in our land. You can't not talk about race. And if I ask you what's the right thing to do, you're going to say this and she's going to say that. But we have to talk of this because he said you better do justice if you want to know the way through this. So I understand that when the, when the Lord allows this wound to be opened back up again, that there's all sorts of answers. And some of them are from God and some of them are not. Don't let that distract you. This is still a problem. The black-white issue of justice the poverty issue of, of, of the poor and the homeless. Our United States history is not a glorious history. We did a lot of crazy things to a lot of people that were different than us. God says, I want you, my people, 
to be just. And if you'll be just and do what's right and fair, that none of you all agree on what that is, but do it anyway, <laughs> I'll get you through this. I'm, I'm not going to let this wound set buried. And I'm not going to let the church give pat answers to that when they're really not addressing that issue. The Lord promises there's a way out of Babylon, but we're not coming out as the bride of Christ <laughs> until we get some of the adjustments that he wants us to get adjusted. Every man doing what's right in his own eyes. So that's justice. Obviously, rightness and fairness. What's fair? I, could, I, I know everybody's arguments. Will thou black? Another one said, well, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I can tell you those arguments. And the Lord said, stop it. Do justice. My people, because my people, the church, those that have Jesus Christ in their heart, we are the light of the world. And if our light is dark, the world, what do you expect from the world? I don't expect anything from the world that's good or right if our light is dark and dim. Because we're not agreeing ourselves. We are the light of the world. So he says, number one, I have shown you, O oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of y'all to do justice? Number two, love mercy. <laughs> love mercy. Let me read before I comment on that. Let me read the other versions that say, diligently practice kindness and tenderness and compassion. Let mercy be your first concern. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. How Can I be merciful to myself? I guess I could. That gets kind of weird, but I guess I could. Can I be merciful to God? Well, again, that gets kind of weird. Mercy is an other person focused thing. Just like justice is about how I treat other people, so is mercy how I treat other people. In my own world, uh, and my, my job as a, as a doctor, um, this is what the Lord told me from, from day one. He said, you, you're going to start pivoting, and you better start pivoting because this is going to come at you like a fire hydrant, and you better start pivoting. But here's what's in your heart. You go to work, and you be merciful, and you show people mercy. Don't you try to figure out whether they deserve it or not. You just show them mercy, and you be kind, and you be tender, and you love them with the love of God, the Hesed love of God. So I, I look at mercy and I say, okay, with justice, we kind of mowed the issue of race and politics and economics. Now, obviously, the healthcare coronavirus falls into justice also. But now when we're talking about mercy, this other thing that, we, that the Lord's asking us to do. I'm looking at myself on the screen. I keep getting too far. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> mercy really, really plays out well in, in the coronavirus, in the healthcare. Love mercy. And I'm not talking about Mercy Hospital, although they're awesome. And that's where Chuck was. By the way, I want a second about Chuck Hernandez. What a miracle. God's going to continue to do miracles in this coronavirus. He did a miracle for him. He, we have others that, that tested negative and those that have it that are, that are coming out. My mother is 85 years old in a nursing home and she got it and God healed her. 
And now we're having window visits with her. And she's spunkier and spryer now than before she had it. It did something to her. I don't know. The, the mercy of God. So there's going to continue to be miracles and signs and wonders. That's not going to stop. But underlying it, while we're in Babylon, is you be merciful to people. You show people. I, one of my favorite people, uh, one of my favorite people said, <laughs> they went to a store the other day, and this is a person of love and grace who loves to pray for people. And they went into a store the other day, and, when they, and when, I, when they talked to me, they said, I just wanted to pinch everybody's heads off. I just wanted to pinch your heads off. <laughs> That's not their typical way that they approach people. <laughs> so, the, so this critter is getting on everybody's nerves. And it's making it easy to get us away from the foundation of our heart, which is justice and mercy and compassion and love to other people. So people, so people say, okay, nobody agrees about this coronavirus, right? Let, let me tell you some of the facts and statistics that I have that you might not agree with, but, but that's what I came up with, and I think it's from decent sources. Right now, 1.45 million people have died in the last eight to nine months from coronavirus complications. 62.3 million people have contracted the coronavirus. That's, that's the stats that I have. Now, 1.45 million people dying, let me tell you how that plays out if I did my math right. Every 10 seconds, somebody dies from the coronavirus in the world right now. That's, that's the rate of deaths that we're having as of right now. Chuck Hernandez, when I talked to him this morning, he was doing better. And this is what he told me to tell everyone. He said, tell everyone thank you, and I love, I love all of you, and please be careful. Tell everyone thank you all, I love you all, thanks for praying, and please be careful. He said, tell that to everyone. So here we are, the coronavirus, whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's a hoax or a conspiracy or not, the Lord says, you want to get through it? Do justice and love mercy. Now, now let's talk about Jesus. Can we talk about Jesus while I get some OJ here? Mmm. Mmm. Ah, yeah. Here's what Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 5. Because love, here's the principle. Love always goes beyond the law. Everybody say that. You don't have to repeat. Just say, love always goes beyond the law. Oh, that sounded good. You guys sounded great. So Matthew 5, verse 38, I'm going to start reading. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, an eye for eye and a tooth for a tooth. I think a lot of people want to do that right now. I want to, I want to knock your teeth out. And I want to give you a black eye. And Jesus is quoting the law of Moses. But Jesus said, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Time out. Can I define what an evil person is? Obviously, if they're evil, they're evil. But in this context, he says, he says, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. My definition, somebody that disagrees with you right now. Because right now, anybody that disagrees with you on coronavirus, masks, social distancing, politics, Trump, Biden, money, finances, how we should be moving forward, to you, they may be an evil person right now. And you may really feel that. 
that these people are not from God and they're fighting God. So, so this is what Jesus said. But I tell you not to resist anybody that disagrees with you, <laughs> person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, especially those that disagree with you, turn the other one to him also. And if anyone wants to sue you, and I look that up, that means sue you in court and take away your tunic. They took me to court and sued me to take away my tunic, or they disagree with me. He says, <laughs> let them have your cloak also. And whoever, can, whoever that disagrees with you compels you to go one mile, go with them too. Why? Because love always goes beyond the law. Love always goes beyond the law. Verse 43, Jesus says, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I think a lot of folks are loving that Jesus said that, right? That's the law. He's quoting the law. Love your neighbor and those that agree with you and hate your enemy that disagrees with you. But Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies that disagree with you. And don't just love them. Bless those who curse you and disagree with you. He's saying, bless them in Jesus' name. You that disagree with me on masks and social distancing and the election and how, blah, 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 blah. I bless you. A while ago, I wanted to pinch your head off. But now I bless you in Jesus' name. And then he says, do good to those who hate you and disagree with you. He, he says, love them. Don't hate them. Love them, and then bless them, and then actually do something good for them. To those that disagree with you, that, that you consider evil in this time on their stances. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. <laughs> that word persecution, that word persecuting is getting thrown around a lot right now. I'm really not seeing a lot of persecution going on, but a lot of people feel persecuted right now. That you might be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil, disagreeers with you, and on the good that agree with me. <laughs> and he sends rain on the just that are right and on the unjust that are wrong. Verse 46, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. He says, that's the law of the jungle. Oh, you're going to like those and you're going to do great things for those you like and, and agree with you. But you're, you're going to, me, my, and mine, as Pastor Jared said last week, every man for himself, every man's doing what's right in his own eyes. So the Lord says, love mercy. And that's just, that's more than just a concept. If you're going to show mercy, you're going to do something. You're going to love people that don't like you. You're going to love people that walk up to you at Walmart and say, put your mask on. Or you're going to love people that walk up to you at Walmart and say, take your mask off. You're spreading fear. You're going to love them. And stop wanting to pinch their heads off. And then you're going to turn and say, I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for caring enough to give me your opinion. I bless you in Jesus' name. Can I buy you something right now? This used to work on fire starters when we did fire starters. Can I buy you a sandwich? Can I buy you a drink? What can I do for you? And their walls go down. 
and you have your encounter with the Lord right, right then and right there. So the way forward, love always, always, always goes beyond the law. And this is the way forward right now. Yes, we'll have miracles. Yes, we'll see signs and wonders and miracles. But the way forward is mercy and justice right now. And thirdly and lastly, he has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require from you? Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God and people. I put that on there. You can't walk humbly with God and not walk humbly with people. He says, he says walk humbly. Now, here's the message version. Here's how the message version says this. I love this. He says, humbly obey your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. <laughs> if I have an overblown sense of self-importance or self-righteousness, I'm not going to walk humbly with God because the opposite of humility is arrogance and pride, which raise, pride and arrogance raise me up and humility takes me down and says, I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. We don't know what to do. We can do a bunch of religious things, but we don't really know what to do. Walk humbly with your God. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Roy Stockstill, that was one of, as I recall, that was some young person in the faith asked Roy Stockstill, what's your secrets for a great life and a great pastorship? And he said, uh, how did he say it? Travel light, don't sweat the small stuff, and don't take yourself too seriously. And there was one other, I'm forgetting it right now. Just Beautiful words of wisdom and life. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. <laughs> Don't take yourself seriously. Because your sense of rightness and fairness and justice, God might have a different take on it. If you could sit before the Lord and say, Lord, am I right? He may say, well, not so much. The only way to get through this, is to walk and to move humbly with my God. Now, here, God said Elohim. And Elohim was kind of the generic of God's because he was saying, okay, y'all, y'all are t telling me you're confused. Back in the, old, in the old covenant there, he said, whatever gods it is you're following, you're Elohim, you better walk humbly with him. Now, if it's me, great. If it's me, Jehovah Yahweh, great. Walk humbly with your God. Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. So here's the, here's the principle of point three. Humility is the way forward. What's the way forward? Justice, mercy, compassion, and humility is the way forward. Maintain the spirit of Christ in everything you do, in every conversation you have. Yeah, but I know I'm right. So therefore, Stop it. Maintain the spirit of Christ. You that know you're right because you might not be. In the court of God right now, in Babylon where you didn't want to go, if you ask the judge, he may say not so much. Maintain the spirit of Christ because humility is the way forward. He's already made it plain how to live what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. 
Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. So every time I think of that, I grab the cardinal. And I say, I'm going to take you seriously. You're the only, you're the only entity right now. Yo, Jehovah Yahweh. I'm going to take you seriously. I'm going to grab a hold of you. I was out walking yesterday, the day before. They're still out there. They're still out there showing us the way forward on the trail. They're not talking as much now. You have to be looking for them. But now that winter's here and all the colors are gone except the yucky winter colors and the evergreens, you'll see, you'll see these guys starting to show up again if you're looking for them. Because here's, here's, here's how we're going to wrap this up today. Humility is the way forward. Maintain the spirit of Christ. Be thankful. You're in Babylon, but you got a house and you got food. And most of you have jobs. And you're, you're prospering and you're planting gardens and building houses. You're getting rude roofs on your house. Be thankful. Because attitude's everything right now. Don't fight. Don't kick. Don't scream. That's what he told him in Babylon. Stop fighting, stop kicking, stop screaming. It will not go well with you if you do that. We as God's people, if we fight, kick, and scream, it's not going to go well with us because here's, here's, here's the punchline. The next three to four months is crucial. President Biden prophesied it. We're going into dark days. Pastor Ben has somewhat seconded that. Now, I hope I didn't misinterpret his intentions, but I will third that. We're in the dark days now of the pandemic. We all hoped that after the election it would be over. It ain't over. We all hoped by now we'd have a vaccine. We don't got one. And if we get one, half the people aren't going to take it anyway. We hoped that during the summer this would seasonally go away like the flu does. It did not. And every 10 seconds somebody's dying worldwide with the coronavirus, and now we're in cold and flu season, and it's ramping up. We're indoors. But here's, here's, here's what we have to grab a hold of. We've been in Babylon for eight months, guys. I'm kind of used to Babylon now, whether I like it or not. I'm kind of used to it. I know how to immediately grab this thing and put it on. I know how to stay away from people when I'm out in public. This is not that hard. <laughs> and we know how to do this. And if we'll, if we'll maintain our spirit of humility, justice, compassion, and mercy, that we'll get through. The next three to four months are only half of what we've already done. So the last eight months have been training for what's coming right now. And here it is. Got to stay humble. We've got to stay humble. Got to walk humbly with God. There is a beyond Babylon. And for those of us that will walk humbly with God, justice and mercy, this is how we get to the beyond Babylon. This is how we get there. I get an inkling in my spirit that we're not coming back until we get these things right. For those who stay in the boat with Jesus and keep following the cardinal, there is a post-Babylon. It's a place, now hear me, <laughs> coming out of Babylon back to whatever it is that we are going back to. You could have never got there 
without going to Babylon. And, and post-Babylon is going to be so much better than what you had before. But you could have never got to this new place without going to Babylon. So if you'll stay in the boat with Jesus and you'll keep pivoting with the cardinal and, watch, and staying humble and just and fair and right and merciful, the Lord's going to bring you out. And you're not going to return back to what you came from. You're going, bad example, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. You're going to the Emerald City. You're going someplace you've never been before. So as we come to the end today, a couple of, couple of offers I want to make as, as our altar call. Number one, if you don't know Jesus, right now is the time to get to know him. If you don't know this, this wonderful, loving Jehovah, Yahweh, God, and Jesus Christ, today's the time to get to know him because it's, it ain't pretty out there. And it's going, to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Today's, today's the day to jump in the boat with Jesus. Find that cardinal. Give your life to him. If that's you, just, just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for little old me. I do believe, Jesus, that you're the Son of God. Come into my heart today. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. I turn away from everything that's not of you. Fill me with peace and joy and, and justice and mercy and humility. From this day forward, my life will never be the same. Now, if you did that today for the first time, or if you decided, you know what, I need to get back in the boat because I haven't been walking with God, would you let us know? We, we love to know. Send us, send us a note to the, to the office. Put a, put a note on the stream there, that whatever you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or whatever you're watching. We'd love to know that. Secondly, for all of us that do know Jesus, including those that may have just come to know him, we can do this, guys. The next three to four months, we can do this. And I wanna, what I want to do is I want to pray over you a prayer because if, if Psalm 91 has been a great prayer from the very beginning, the, the, the leaders of the church leaders, men and women of God, begin to see this is a Psalm 91 season. And Psalm 91 is about deliverance from the pandemic and the plague. It's about protection from everything that will harm you. And it's about living a long, happy, healthy life. But if you'll notice about every three or four verses, it says, for those that come up under my wing and start loving on me, and for those that turn to me and walk with me and do things my way, then I will. And every time they keep turning back to God, I keep turning to God. Every morning I get up and I turn to God. Right now, I wake up and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Psalm 23, I want to pray over you right now. The Lord is your shepherd. Right now, at the moving forward, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He, he's making you Lie down in green pastures. And that's really very poignant this morning. Apropos, that's another fun word to say. Apropos, this morning, he's making, us, he's making you and us lie down in green pastures. We don't want to. We don't want to be in Babylon laying down in green pastures. He says, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. I'm going to lead you beside still waters. I'm going to lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. 
and I'm restoring your soul. The Lord in Babylon is restoring your soul, laying beside still waters and green pastures. And yes, you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will be with you because we have a relationship, right? I'm with you. You, grab, you got a hold of me. We're going through the valley of the shadow of death. You got a hold of me. I will be with you. My rod and my staff are going to comfort you. They're never going to leave. Coronavirus cannot overcome that. Economic problems, political problems, financial problems, racial problems. None of those things can overcome the rod and the staff comforting us. He's comforting us. He is preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Okay, spiritually, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we've overcome the coronavirus, we've overcome poverty, we've overcome injustices and all the spiritual forces, but he's preparing a table before you in the presence of your flesh and blood people that you would consider enemies. You're going to be eaten. They're going to be watching you. He's preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anointed, he's anointed your head with oil. Surely your cup is running over. Right now your cup is running over. He's anointed your head with oil. Surely goodness, that's our verse today, and mercy, <laughs> Micah 6.8, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> all you got to do is get up every day and turn to Jesus. Today is November 29, Sunday. Wake up, turn to Jesus. Papa, oh, there you are. Father, there you are. Tomorrow, tomorrow is a special day. A very, very special day. November 30th is a very, very special day. Does anybody here know what that is? What is it, D? It's my beautiful wife's birthday. She's going to wake up. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Turn to Jesus. Happy birthday, sweetie. <laughs> oh, I hope, uh, I hope.